Hey, welcome back to another episode of the QB Draw. I'm your host, John Rothstein. I've got my co-host, as always, Ezra. We've got uh, a bit more of a fun show than we probably anticipated having, uh, especially at halftime of yesterday's uh, Rose Bowl. Sorry, we're recording this on January 2nd, Sunday, um, coming off of uh, a big Ohio State win, 48-45 to against the Utah Utes. Uh, in the Rose Bowl, Ezra, how are you? I'm I'm great. Uh, that was that was the most fun Ohio State game in terms of like from a neutral perspective, like back and forth good football game in a long time. Like you know, I it wasn't as good like from a fan perspective as like Clemson last year or like Michigan 2018. But in terms of like a pure back and forth like edge of your seat football game, like that's the best one they've played in. Um, in a, in a while, I think. Well, yeah, I mean, it, there was obviously a lot of excitement going on the whole game, um, sort of on both sides. But there was particularly that that stretch during the uh, the second quarter where he had like three, tu- uh, four touchdowns in in a matter of minutes. Like really good back and forth stuff. Um, obviously, not the strongest showing in the first half, especially from the. Um, the Ohio State defense, but they did manage to put it together in the second half um, and just an all-around, all-time Ohio State offensive outing, uh, top to bottom, just, you know, very few, um, you know, mishaps, missteps. Um, you know, there was a fumble, an interception. I thought the running game could have been maybe better, but again, like you're kind of splitting hairs when you've got almost 600 passing yards right right like, and um, you're playing like the run game's not going to be elite i've just accepted it's not going to be elite when you're playing four tackles like it's just not going to happen like yeah, yeah there are there's just no or i guess they were playing three tackles yesterday because uh petite frere was out but the same thing is, is true yeah having having trey henderson try and find holes who is also like just a big dude like mm-hmm. it, it's going to be difficult um i thought you know there were a lot of, of main takeaways, but let, let's start from the beginning, right? Like, yeah. uh, obviously, there was a bad start, right? Um, it looked, to me, first of all, you know, they got off the field on the first drive, uh, which was, ended up being a godsend, like, you know, uh, looking back at, you know, the rest of that first half. Every stop they could get. Yeah, even, like, second down stops, like, felt, felt significant for a little bit. Um, but yeah, it was a slow start and then the offense kind of sputtered, uh, three and out in the first drive. Um, second drive, obviously, uh, Utah comes down and scores, um, Ohio state and other, um, you know, another slow drive. They ran six plays in their first two drives, which was not good. Um, so you're down 14, nothing. Um, back sort of against the wall. And uh, then Ohio State just kind of woke up. And, you know, there was a lot of talk on the telecast, especially like, um, you know, it was not Kirk Herbstreit's finest day. I'll say that. Um, Mm. There was a lot of talk on the broadcast about whether the Ohio State team actually wanted to be there. Um, And to their credit, like for that first, first part of that first quarter, it did not look like they wanted to be there at all. And then uh, that dr- that drive, the first scoring drive to me, felt like uh, a tide turner in a lot of ways. And like looking back, uh, there were some plays during that drive that stand out as like, 
okay, you know, that that was the the momentum setters. You know, this so this is their their first scoring drive was a 10 play 76 yard drive. Um, and it featured um both a CJ Stroud 10 yard run, which was almost his season high, um, on third and eight. And then uh then obviously the the long pass sort of to uh, Emeka Ibuka for 30 yards down the sidelines, which I thought was was a the control of, throw it, and like the, the way he threw that and you know the the trust of Ibuka to go up and get that like you know obviously burning to a uh it was the first time of the day I believe I I recognized uh that oh that Utah had a running back playing um cornerback like that and then um that came to be a, a recurring theme throughout the the rest of the game but yeah so after that you get the fourth and one uh Touchdown, 25-yard throw to uh, to Marvin Harrison Jr. down the sideline. Um, and, you know, that at that point it was 14-7. Um, and Ohio State really never looked back offensively from that point on. Um, How many times did they get stopped after that? It, I, it I not believe many. the – so there was the fumble. Right, um, yeah. I don't really count that as a stop. Yeah. That's more like fumble a fumble in the in – the, uh, Did even they punt that fumble, after that? I don't – uh, there was the interception to begin in the st- second quarter, right. uh, second half. And then, uh, yep. It was just, um, they didn't punt for the rest of the game. They had, uh, basically two punts the entire game. They were in the first two drives. Um, and then it was the Jackson Smith and Jigba show after that point, right? Like it would be remiss of us to not discuss yeah, kind of burying the um, lead here. Yeah, the career day. Um, well, I mean, I'll say career day, but like, Christ, he's a what? He's a sophomore. So uh, who who knows at this point? I mean, it's going to be so much fun to watch him develop. I, I thought particularly, you know, like I, obviously they they used him primarily in the slot this year, um, and it feels a lot like that was out of necessity. He was filling a need that was was left by the team. But uh, we saw yesterday that he is a, a lot more well-rounded um, than than I anticipated, even from um, you know having the ability to take the top off the defense, uh, some mid-route running, and just his ability to run with the football too. I did not like really necessarily see that as you know him, him being that good. But man, he burned. Burned, burned Utah a few times, especially early. Yeah, yeah. Um, like in on that note, like in my mind, I had sort of filed uh, JSN away as sort of like an elite possession guy, sort of like working the short to intermediate route um, next to like some true burners like Emeka Buka next year. Um, but it seems like that possession role was really just a function of like Chris Olave and Garrett Wilson being on the team because. He is much more, as you said, well-rounded than that. I mean, he he was doing everything, like deep throws, yards after the catch, intermediate routes, basically whatever, um, and like getting whatever he wanted at will, uh, essentially. Um, and yeah, he's I a true superstar. Like, um, that, that, there were moments during that game, too, where you're like, how on earth is he doing some of this stuff? And, and the same thing could be said about C.J. Stroud, like, that last touchdown that they threw was like, I, I don't know if I've like, 
you would have difficulty recreating a lot of that stuff on Madden. Yes. Like, yes. Like on rookie mode. Like he just like the command that they had of that game, like <laughs> I don't know how they how they did it, but they did. Um and I'll I'll say going into yesterday, um, I know we talked about it a little bit. Um not I guess I wouldn't say I'm, I was like you know um, disappointed with with getting to the Rose. Bowl. I was. We can say it. Year. I mean it. Yeah. Yeah. It. I mean, I guess after which, like, I, I thought it was a nightmare draw. Honestly. Uh, oh yeah. You, so you get I. into sort of a trap game essentially with uh, having to play, um, you know, a Utah a team that wants to be there really badly, um, a team that had never been in the Rose Bowl before. And, um, oh, we got some, yeah. All right, cool. ESPN is sabotaging me. Ah. Um, yeah, but we're, we're good. <laughs> um, no, but, um, yeah, I, I thought going into the game, you know, you, you obviously, there were a lot of questions, um, coming into watching the offense play without Wilson, without Olave. That was a big concern for me. Um, and I thought the, the receivers overall, uh, really showed out and, and, and on all three levels too, right? Like I went in with a preconceived notion of what I was going to see. I thought I would see JSN kind of still fulfilling that, that short to mid mid route role. Um, and then Igbuka taking, you know, maybe taking some of the long flyer routes and, um, you know, Marvin Harrison filling in where he could, but Marvin, man, 18 is that guy. I mean, like I did not anticipate, like, I knew coming out of high school, he was highly touted. Obviously, um, I watched his father play quite a bit growing up, um, but yeah. um, but he he really really blew me away yesterday, um, which which I thought was really impressive. Yeah, um, what was he like six for seventy or something like that, and three touchdowns? He was his uh, his route running is a lot more precise than you would expect. For a guy that big, uh, he's like six three and a half. I think he's listed on twenty four seven, and I, I think that speaks to himself, obviously, and also just speaks to like uh, Brian Hartline's ability development. I mean, all of these guys are like technicians as route runners. There's no one who's a sloppy route runner. Like they they all are so good at the fundamentals of, of playing wide receiver, and I think it really showed, especially on that first touchdown where he just beats his man on a slot fade to the end zone and uh, plays it perfectly pretty much. Yeah. I mean, I really was blown away by some of the stuff that, that, that they were accomplishing. And, and I think the size factor does come into play uh, a lot. Like, especially when you're, when you're playing a team with um, not as physical and not um, as, you know, large corners, <laughs> like, man, he was just, he just like, it says a lot about the um, the offense, and and really, it's just a testament to Heartline. Um, you know, having a next man up mentality, like you really don't see that very often in, in college football. You know, like a guy coming into a game with very few reps and figuring out immediate, like almost immediately where they fit in. Yeah, like, I, I thought that was all really, really impressive. No, all. Ray Fleming, uh, Egbuka Harrison just seemed to like know what they were doing instantly with very little meaningful game reps. Um, and, and that was really, that was really great to see. Um, 
do we want to get into sort of defense? I guess I don't think there's much to talk about on defense other than they were bad in the first half, really bad and clamped up a bit in the second half because like good or bad, this defense is getting overhauled starting right now as we're talking. Um, I don't know how much there is to take away going into next year. Um, I mean, what do you think? Yeah, I mean, I, I think there are things to definitely take a look at. And, you know, obviously you tip your cap to a guy like Tommy Eichenberg had 17 total tackles yesterday. Like, that's pretty impressive. Uh, 11 solo tackles involved on one tackle for lost. Um, losing a guy like Jack Sawyer, um, who, who was uh, kicked, or I'm sorry, uh, was thrown out of the game for a targeting penalty. Um that was a killer that felt felt significant, but I thought there were some guys out there that that you know names that you you weren't aren't super familiar with with having to call um, and talk about. I thought Teron Vincent he played really right, well. Had some moments where you're like, oh right, I forgot that Ohio State even employed <laughs> defensive tackles. Like he made some some plays and, and some run stops that were just like you know, all right, maybe maybe we got a player there. You know, mm-hmm. um, I thought also. We'll address it. Cade Stover, um, linebacker extraordinaire. Um, I thought he did a great job in a limited, you know, a very limited mm-hmm. role. And obviously he hadn't been playing much on the defensive side of the ball and hadn't played much thus far. But man, he he I thought he played really well. Um tough to really say anybody played outstanding, but you know, you take a look at where you were at the end of the first half. You had given up 35 points and then, you know, to end the game, having only given up 10 points in the second half, including, you know, a, 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 we'll say it, a penalty aided, sec, yes. um, you know, touchdown the, drive. The, especially the one early in the drive on Cam Brown. That was uh, a pretty bad call in my Felt Felt soft, but, um, you know, you, you deal with the officiating um, as it, as it is, it holds up. Um, I mean, uh, the only thing other to a, other thing to address in the defense realm I would say would be the um would be the special teams I thought overall uh the the special teams left especially the kick coverage left a lot to be desired yesterday um you know giving up it's it's never a good thing to give up a touchdown on a uh on a kickoff um you know we'll, we'll take a look at the stats here Britton Covey led the team with uh, seven res- returns for a total of 208 yards, the, all, the longest great. of which being a 97-yard <laughs> touchdown. Um, and, you know, you gave up 14 yards on a, on another to, uh, to Sewell, and it was, you know, a total of 222 yards on the kickoff, which is not great. Um, but, you know, if, if you look at the reverse of that and the flip side, Mecca Ibuka returned seven kicks for 163 yards. You know, I thought I thought he overall was really good. I thought he got hosed. On, yes, uh, there was a holding call that 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 turned back one of his kicks, but he was man, he he's special. I I I, lo- I really like Mecca Ibuka a lot. I mean, I, I thought overall of all the receivers, he was probably he was obviously three of the the top three receivers, three receptions for 46 yards. Um, with that long, obviously being that, that 30 yard pass down the, down the, uh, left sideline. Um, I thought, you know, overall, you know, a lot of good things to take away, even a guy like Julian Fleming, um, Mm -hmm. you know, 
didn't light up the stat sheet, but w- one of the craziest catches I think I've ever seen in my entire life was that um, to end the half, I, I don't know if you were like, you, you saw how high he yeah. got up on that play. I don't know how the hell he got up that high, um, but it, it's always encouraging to see him participate and, and uh, you know, get in. I'm not sure, um, mm. you know, what his future at Ohio State looks like. I mean, obviously, uh, I, I don't have any news on, on him transferring. I've never, I haven't even heard him, um, you know, mention it, but I, it's interesting because it seems like clearly right now I would say he's a very clear fourth option at the moment. Yeah. Um, I, this is just a prediction. Um, I think they'll run a bit more 10 personnel next year. And even when they do run, um, 11 personnel, which is the base that's, uh, one tight end, one running back, I think they'll probably rotate just a little bit more. I, I think it'll be a rotation of four. Um, maybe five if Jaden Ballard can sneak his way in there, which I, I really want to see Jaden Ballard. I, I'm still high on him. Um, but yeah, I, I think Fleming can like really stay in the mix with a strong spring. It'll be, I, I don't think he'll transfer. He seems content. Obviously you never know in, in today's day and age. Um, but yeah, I, I think they'll run more 10 personnel out of, one, like they have four guys who have been established at this point, and also like who's going to play tight end next year? Like, yeah, like I was talking about this with the with with friend of the program Wyatt, and like, what is the point of having a tight end on the field most of the times? Like, obviously, I like, and it'd be one thing if like you were getting a ton of of great blocking out of the tight end options that you have. Um, which, you know, we'll, we'll get into it in a minute, but, um, yeah, Rucker, you know, I think he's a fine player. I think he'll hang around the NFL for a while. There is no need to really kind of redesign things like you, like, and this should be more of, again, we've said it before, but like some of the personnel decisions that, you know, that Ohio state makes, especially under Ryan day have been super questioned questionable like how can you have a game like that where you've got guys just going out of their mind berserk and how are you not able to create like during the season enough reps for these guys to be like boy you know if you if you have a fourth receiver on the field and and you know all of a sudden you you can't just rely on having basically um you know somebody playing tight end that that is really not used in the offense unless it's like a super check down situation which by the way, Mitch Rossi had a hell of a play yesterday. I was, it, like, I was terrified he was going to fumble. His hold on the yes. ball looked so loose. I was just super nervous about fumbles the whole game because of obviously the Jackson Smith and Jago right. fumble, like which a, a hell of a play by Clark. Yeah, Clark's, there's really not uh, much. Like I, I don't know what he's supposed to do there except like I don't know cover with both. But that that would have taken I will some say, spider sense type shit. He uh, he made up for it. He did. We'll say that he did. Yeah, he's, he, uh, yeah. He, <laughs> I think he learned from his mistake. Um, you know, but you know, Rucker uh, three receptions for twenty five yards. Like again, like if you can just spread the field just that little bit more, um, have a fourth weapon on the field, like in the receiving position, and like you know, you've got guys with like unique skill sets, like. 
I don't understand why you're not doing it more often going to, to no tight end on the field. Yeah. Um, and just scaring the living hell out of teams because, you know, that's another, you know, that's another person. It, it just throws things off balance from a defensive perspective. That's one less linebacker that can be on the field and, and, and clogging up the running lanes for, for Trevion Henderson. Um, that's, you know, or you leave a linebacker on the field and the linebacker all of a sudden has to check either JSN or Julian Fleming. Uh, I'm going to take the receiver on that one. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I think overall um, that's something to look forward to with Ohio state. Like you said, like if we can use utilize this depth that we've created from a, a an offensive, like from a receiving standpoint, I would really, really anticipate that that being a, a weapon moving forward. Um, but yeah, I mean, I thought overall, uh, like we were talking about the running game difficult, um, for, for anybody to really find too much, uh, Trevion Henderson, 17 carries for 83 yards, about 4.9 yards a carry. Um, he also had some decent catches too. Um, 27 yards, uh, the stats say, um, on four receptions with a long of it being 11. Um, he, he got banged up for a little bit. I, I thought, um, sort of in the second half, the beginning of the second half, I thought he took a, a solid lick on the side of the field and, uh, that made things difficult, but, um, but yeah, I mean, what a special day, you know, like, uh, especially, you know, I was, I was dreading going into halftime. Like what, what were we going to talk about? Right. You know? Oh, wow. You know, that sucked. Uh, yeah. DJ looked good. Like, um, it, which is another thing, like, I think moving forward there, there's performance like yesterday should help to eliminate sort of any doubt about, I had about, you know, CJ Stroud being the quarterback yeah. moving forward. Um, and you do wonder if, if some of the early season struggles were obviously, you know, he was, he was clearly banged up for a little bit, but also like going into the season and having like a fake quarterback competition, right. Can't be easy for anybody. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, when you, when you've got him quote unquote competing with Jack Miller and, um, and, uh, Kyle McCord, which again, like Kyle's seems like a fine quarterback, but like he was never competing with them, but you know, we, we've got them sort of splitting drives early on and, and, and all of this other stuff, you know, whereas if you just committed to him from the start, like this, this is the kind of stuff that you can see, um, you know, it, it, as you know, we're watching a, a playback now, but they, man, CJ is a hell of an athlete and, and a hell of a football player. Um, I really, I really am looking forward to next season. Now um, there were, there was a time yesterday that I was really dreading um, next season. Uh, and it was around halftime of the Notre Dame game, uh, which of course Notre Dame was up uh, big in that first half against Oklahoma state. And then, um, well, they had other ideas, but, uh, but yeah, it was great to, great to see the Buckeyes get a win. Uh, really excited to, to move into the off season here. Speaking of next year, um, Josh Proctor is hurt. We, we're not sure about his status. Uh, we're not sure about Lathan Ransom's status. The Buckeyes are going to add one, potentially two safeties in the transfer portal. One you would assume would be what, what Tanner McAllister from Oklahoma Tanner State. Tanner McAllister uh, who from Oklahoma State, yep. Under Jim Knowles, now, now defensive coordinator Jim Knowles, he has been instated, uh, what, today, I guess? Um, yeah. And then the other 
you would hope would be all American from Northwestern Brandon Joseph. Um, because he's very good. Uh, I, I'm yeah. sure all of you I know mean, what, watching the 2020 Big Ten title game with the insane interception he made in the end zone on Justin Fields. Um, yeah, I, that's kind of like a, that's kind of a, a bit of a tangent, but I just wanted to add that if the Bucks can get those two guys, especially Brandon Joseph. Um, I think they're looking really solid personnel-wise next year. Obviously, the rest is on Jim Knowles to sort of craft this defense into something it's not right now. Um, what do you think? Yeah, I mean, I, I think I think you hit on it. Like, I think it's it's important to have stop gaps sort of in that defense. Um, obviously, you've got big questions um, entering next season from a defensive perspective. I think having an other set of eyes that have played in the system before and kind of came up through it in Tanner McAllister, I think that's so vital, um, as well as getting another athlete, um, you know, and, and another person who's played a lot of college football um, in the Northwestern safety. Like, I, I think those are two guys that you should absolutely target and go after. Um, I think Denzel Burke has the potential to be a star cornerback. Um, you know, and, and uh, it feels weird in Ohio State, like, you know, maybe from the, you know, sort of the mold of of like an Okuda or something like that. And obviously there's there's other names there that, that come up. But like and then I think as of like two weeks from now, um, you know, that that defensive part is going to be so different. But I think as of two weeks from now, you're going to have um that linebacker room is going to get a, a an influx of uh, of new blood that will make it you know pretty much overnight a more talented group um, with with CJ Hicks coming in. Um, I think Gabe Powers will probably is he going to early enroll? I don't I believe, know. Yeah, he is. He is. He is. And then once Sonny Styles gets there, like I think that's another guy that like is you know who knows what he ends up playing he probably could have been uh, the best linebacker on ohio state this season (laughs) probably i I think there's three guys that that would have easily been um you know would have seen a lot of playing time i think hicks is gonna Uh, start i i I think think i i think he's gonna start day one i'm i'm expecting that at this point i'm so excited to get you know just some fresh blood on defense and like news today Omari Abor out of Duncanville commits um, to Ohio commits. State. We'll, we'll throw that in air quotes. Well, he committed to Ohio State. He's still going to take um, some visits, which I don't understand. Like, what? Why? Why do this middle step? Right. Is still kind of looking like. Um, I will say though, like, I don't know. Like, he's not. He, he's he not visiting like Alabama either. or Georgia. He's he, visiting like what is it? Miami and. Uh, yeah, I think he's got a visit with. Did he visit with Texas already? I it feels like they're Texas the is one. Out. I, that's what I was just gonna say is like I feel like if he was headed to a Texas school, um, he would have been there yeah. already. Um, I don't necessarily see Miami. Um, Although flipping first them, of all, I think he, it's sort of a he's a bit of a ace recruiter. So I I don't know. Yeah, um, no, and I mean, and this is a guy. This if you guys, this is sort of like this year's version of. Uh, Adelaide from last year where it's like you never really know where he's where he's trending um yeah 
I mean, and that's the thing. It's like, you know, it's just such a bizarre thing to commit to a school, but like not like in the in the commitment interview, say, yeah, I still got some visits to take. Like, what does that mean? Yeah. It's just I, what, I'm not like yeah. I'm not like mad at the guy. It's just a funny sort of like quirk of. Recruiting. Yeah, it's just, yeah. It, like they're not going to make you decide until February. I, I mean, and you really don't then, have like, to decide then. Like you yeah. can decide after. Yeah. Um, but like, I don't know, like he, he's he's. You hate to call a guy a troll, um, but trolls can like, be funny man, though. Like trolling isn't yeah, a bad I mean, thing inherently. He's been doing. He was doing the. the he Texas did the horns. Yeah, he had Texas gloves. He's done. He's tweeted about Texas A&M a bunch of times. Like he he seems to like the attention, which I do appreciate. If he ends up coming, that'd be great because they've got a pretty solid defensive class coming in, and, and that defensive line especially. If you've got Caden Curry. Um, you know, I know Gabe Powers can play a little bit of uh, a little bit of D line. Um, Kenyatta Jackson out of Florida. Um, you've got potentially some real... Hiro Kanu and Christian Miller. Yeah, who like the you got some real dudes yeah. in, in the defensive line, and like if it can pan out, like that's a hell of a grab for late stage Larry Johnson. Oh yeah, you know. Um, and yeah, I mean, like you said, we we were talking about the the, the linebacker room. Um, obviously a little bit to be desired from the cornerback perspective. But again, if you can get, um, you know, any of the the cornerbacks that are on the roster now, obviously Cam Brown coming back is huge. Mm-hmm. That helps a lot. Potentially uh, a transfer. Coming uh, back. They're going to hit the transfer yes. portal. Uh, yeah. It, it's probably one of those things where like in the, the days leading up to the bowl, you know, the schools that I've seen hit the transfer portal really hard. Um, are schools that were either not bowl eligible or played in an early bowl. Mm-hmm. And like, you know, you get, you get the chance to kind of clean house or like, um, you know, figure out where you stand. And I'm sure there's going to be movement either way. Um, there might be an announcement of some guys transferring, although I don't know why you would transfer now um, after the Rose bowl, but you know, who, who knows? Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I, I would anticipate an, a pitch, um, there was also a 2023 commitment that came in during yes. the game <laughs> yesterday, which I was like, first of all, it came up and I was confused as to what all had happened. And then I went and checked his 24 seven page and it didn't even seem like Ohio state was on the radar. Right. Um, yes. Uh... At all. But yeah, I mean, but exciting stuff. Um, you know, you're starting to see some momentum again, which I think was the biggest problem. Um, which we talked about on our signing day show, like it felt like there was all this influx of talent leaving Ohio State and mm-hmm. not enough coming in. But it feels like they're they're you know if we could get uh, Hiro Kanu, I believe is scheduled to commit next week. I believe it, as part of the a, um, the Army All American game. Um, if if you could get him, that because that's a real D tackle right there. Yeah. Um, yeah, and the worry is obviously like with these guys that come in as sort of a hybrid of, of a D tackle and a D end, like which position are they going to end up playing? Um, but you know, it, it, it's exciting. Um, really glad to have some, some good vibes back to the Ohio oh, yeah. state football team. Yep. Um, what else do we have? Do we want to talk about Marcus Williams? And I don't have that much to say about it. Um, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm going to let that, uh, yeah, if you, if you're on this podcast, you saw what Marcus Williamson had to say. Now there have been 
other people that came out and said that um, he might not be right in what he was saying. My big takeaway is Urban Meyer was a dick. Know, thank God Urban Meyer's gone, right. Yeah, right? Um, we we kind of knew Urban say, Meyer was a dick. Um, that's not like a big revelation to me. And I will say, we as one parting gift for from Urban Meyer. He wasn't lying about the Jaguars staff. No, um, no, they are. They got 50 pieces by the New England Which is Patriots funny because today. he hired them. <laughs> yes. Yep. And, uh, yep. He, um, yeah, they're, they're, they're not looking great at the moment. Uh, Trevor Lawrence, uh, need, needing some help. Um, but, and the Browns have been mathematically eliminated Let's from go. the playoffs. <laughs> Which, uh, yeah, it was time. Yeah, um, had too much. This this Browns team had to be taken out back and shot. Um, yeah, they 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 needed to be taken behind the woodshed. This was uh, a, a long drawn out process. Um, you shoot yourself in the foot so many times during a year you don't deserve to be. Um, and then you've got like the polar opposite of the vibes being like right down the road in Cincinnati. Right. The Bengals have curated like an immaculate vibe all season. Joe Burrow. Um, who is developed here? That's um, right. That's right. Coming out and uh, having having a career year. Jamar Chase, you know T Higgins, like all of these guys, just doing great stuff. Um, oh yes, that was what I wanted to get into. I alluded to it earlier, but Kirk Herbstreit, man. Oh, dude. Um, so he says the same thing like eighteen times a broadcast. Like it's so annoying. All time bad day for Kirk. And to be somebody probably had been up, up for like. 14 hours at that point, but Which it was is again, yeah. like more of a testament to t- ESPN yeah. and like, than anything. And, and I had a friend of, of mine uh, pointed out, but like, yeah, like you said, like you'd work the games the night before and like pretty much straight on a plane and do college game day. And like the other stuff, like um, I will say, you know, and, and a friend of the, the pod uh, at VT Ben pointed this out. Um, ESPN has no one to blame for the state of college football other than themselves, mm. right? Um, you've spent an entire bowl season. Literally almost every bowl halftime show is about the playoff. Like right. we can't even talk about what's going on in this game because we have to talk for the 48th time about what's going to happen in Michigan, Georgia. Like as if somehow um, the the 38th time we're going to have some groundbreaking revelation. Uh, and, you know, uh, uh, this is the time Booger McFarland is going to, you know, point out the the all important, you know, it, it was getting to the point where they were talking about J.J. McCarthy as like the X factor, oh. <laughs> um, which he might be the X factor, but uh, it's n- certainly not an X factor. Like, um, like, I don't know. It's it, like, it's just a bizarre obsession that they have with like drumming everything up. And you're not, you're not giving any attention to the teams that are in these bowl games and you're not giving any attention to the guys that want to be there. You're only focusing on like the top 10 guys that are like guaranteed to make money. Right. And focusing on their, their decision. Uh, Ohio state very clearly, like obviously it would have been sick to have uh, Garrett Wilson and Chris Olave yesterday, but uh, they were just fine without them. Um, and yeah, I mean, it, and then the one thing I thought was a fireable offense by Kirk Herbstreet, he s- said during the game that Jeremy Ruckert was going to be the next Mark Andrews, <laughs> like uh, 
what have you are you high on crack like what what are you what are we watching at this point calling jeremy Rutgers all pro uh, tight end player in the nfl like man that was uh, a hell of a performance and and somebody pointed out in in our um our chat that like during the third quarter um they were basically congratulating utah yeah chris fowler had to like uh, or maybe I forget who who which one was was which, but someone said like they were basically congratulating Utah, and the other one was like, uh, "Still got a long way to go here." <laughs> yeah, I mean, and, and all the credit to them. Yeah, like, right. Like at halftime, they looked dead. Yeah, and uh, apparently the greatest speech of all time. Which again, um, if you have audio of this, if anybody has audio of the Demario McCall speech, like I want it, and I want it, like I will. I'd pay oh, large sums of money for that. I want it framed and I will put it in my bedroom. I need to know that because man, like of, of all the guys too, to just pick up, pick up a day to be a leader, like good for DeMario. Um, oh, yeah. we'll, we'll miss him. Yes. Um, you know, I mean, unless he's going to be becoming a doctor or something. At a, he might at this, at this break. Um, yeah. I mean, he's, he's got his clinicals coming up. Yeah. So uh, all the, all the shout out to him. Uh, Master Teague's last game and 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 Scarlet and Gray um, got a couple snaps. I don't think he got a carry. He got some snaps, that's for sure. He was he was in the game. They mentioned it. Didn't have a carry, but um, good to see him. Yeah, good to see. Mayan Williams participated as well. Um, oh, there was. Uh, I want to say it was the touchdown. It was the first touchdown. It was the fourth and one play. I don't know if you saw it. Bill Landis tweeted out the video. But um, Trevion Henderson goes into pass blocking and there is, uh, you know, CJ Stroud delivers the ball and the ball is like midway through the air and Trevion Henderson throws his hands up signaling it's a touchdown and nobody had even caught the ball yet, <laughs> uh, which awesome. I thought was cool. I had not, um, I'll have to go find that. Yeah, I'll, I'll share that with you. Um, it Just an all around good game. Yeah. Uh, good vibes are back. Entering the off season. Um, which, you know, we're going to have a lot of fun here um, in this space in the off season. We're going to have, try and have a lot of guests. And again, mm. if you've got any guests that you'd like us to, to reach out to, um, we'll, we'll gladly um, do whatever we can. And if you, you know, if you'd like to do a podcast with us, please let us know. Oh, yeah. I mean, we're always looking for, for good, for good content and, and to have folks on and, and, and have a good conversation, especially as we enter a part of the season with no games, um, which in some ways could be the fun part. Um, but yeah, all in all, um, do you want to do some national kind of stuff? Talk, talk a little bit about, I don't know if you watched any of, for me, like my best bowl game that I watched uh, outside of the Ohio state game was Purdue, Tennessee. I caught glimpses of that. Um, rocked. I, yeah, Michigan lost. They, they're sort of, uh, time in the spotlight is over. Um, it's done. They've got an ass whooping coming here in 11 months or so. Um, you know, it, it's tough for them. I hope they enjoyed every second of it. It, um, But yeah, I another two decades. Um, that's all I got to say on them. Cincinnati could have put up a fight if they had some better quarterback and O-line play. The defense played really, really well, uh, in my opinion. Yeah, I mean, and that that to me is the big takeaway is that defense looked good and, um, at stretches. Yeah. I will say, um, 
I did not anticipate Brian Robinson having the game that he did uh, yeah. against yeah. Cincinnati. And, you know, a bit of concern if I'm Alabama, um, the way that they were not able to pass the ball with the effectiveness that they would have desired. Mm. Um, and, and maybe some of this was, Although, you know, obviously think Georgia has like, as good corners as uh, Cincinnati does, as we saw yes, in the and, SEC and title. A game. lot of that was, it, it felt like, there was a reverence and a respect that Alabama had for for the um, the cornerback play yes. of Cincinnati. Um, so, and, and I do think at a certain point too, like if you can get through basically an entire semifinal game without really showing your hand too much, yeah, um, yeah, exactly. Base like running plays and like, yeah, okay, we'll just let Brian Robinson have like the most vintage Alabama running back game ever. Like another, another really cool story too, about Brian Robinson. Like guy's been in Alabama for five years. Oh, uh, I didn't even know that local guy. Um, grew up like 10, 10 miles from the stadium. Um, he, yeah, just, uh, kind of stuck around and, and never really saw the limelight before this season. And obviously it's our strange year for, um, Alabama. They've, got kind of a, a gap with with their running backs and and he filled in and he had a really great game um I thought I thought he was good um but yeah I mean I'm not sure what to take away from the other game obviously Stetson Bennett had a lot better of a game than I think everybody including most of which being the uh, the Michigan Wolverines expected um you know it's it's a shame to see uh the Big Ten represented that way is it uh, is it when it's Michigan? I don't really care. Yeah, I mean, it's, uh, you know, it. I, you know, of all the buildup to that game, um, I thought, you know, it was, some of it bordered on, like, you know, nauseating some of the, some of the stuff that we were talking about with regards to, like, you know, the Herculean effort of, like, you know, a, a Michigan team. And, like, again, like, yeah, you tip your cap because, they, they beat Ohio State. Um, they finally, you know, uh, addressed the elephant in the room and, and, and won. But, like, again, like, you know, Harbaugh had been there, been there for, like, what, a decade now? And, like, it's more of a testament to, like, all right, you know, if you're, if you're going to be a real college football powerhouse, you, you've got to get there and you've got to perform when you're on the biggest stage. And I, I, didn't, I don't think that they necessarily did. And, um, you know, obviously we look forward to, to competing with them. Um, you know, moving forward as well. Um, but yeah, I, I would expect to see a different look Michigan next year. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I don't know if, I mean, I believe Kate is staying for whatever that's worth. I believe Kate is staying. I don't think he should leave. Like, yeah. I, I don't think either of those guys leave. I think it, you're, you could run into sort of an Ohio state 2015 type conversation mm-hmm. where you've got two, two good quarterbacks and, and uh, you know, I don't. I don't think I've seen enough from Cade. You know, Cade played the game of his life two two games of his life in a row to get to this that game, and like you're you're expecting a guy to beat Georgia, and it's also not like JJ. You know, JJ had the touchdown pass or whatever in the in the the national semifinal, but it's not like JJ was exactly lights out in that game either. Right. So, like, I don't know what you can do from a quarterbacking perspective. Um, the defense is going to obviously have a pretty large overhaul as well and a, a big task on their hands to replace Aiden Hutchinson and David mm. Ojabo. Um, and I believe Dax 
Dax, but you know that they'll probably have a few other names. Dax that, Hill is that gone, we'll I believe. Um, yeah. Um, and then yeah, I mean, uh, Notre Dame. Um, I was obviously first. You know that that was a game that I was paying attention to because Marcus Freeman, obviously. Um, and that's the Ohio State opening. Um, you know, that that's their first opponent of the year next year, and I think that's going to be a big. Um, it's going to be a lot to learn in that mm. game. And uh, if I were early betting guy, I would say um, just keep an eye on Michael Mayer because uh, that guy is a freak and he's going to be the focal point of, of their offense, I believe, next year. And what can Ohio State do to mediate tight end play? Because that is not what they did yesterday no. at all. No. Um, but, yeah, I mean, all in all, um, the vibes are a lot better. I feel I feel um, a lot better about the Buckeyes heading into 2022. Um, that game meant was a lot felt a lot less meaningless than I thought it would. Um, if, if we lose by a field goal, that game was trash. Um, and you know Utah's a bunch of tryhards, oh, yeah. etc. Bunch of nerds, um, yeah. Putting on for yeah, an exhibition game. Yeah, want to play for an yeah. extra? Yeah, who cares? Um, but the second that you know, shout out Ruggles, um, get, getting the kicking the game winning field goal. Second one that went through, um, the game just meant more. I think uh, the pageantry, oh, instant classic, yeah. The pageantry <laughs> of the arena and the the vibe around the, the you know that's what college football is oh, about. Yeah. Um, essentially, <laughs> is uh, is what it comes down to. But man, some really special special stuff. Like you know, if, if you. Obviously, you've seen the game, but treat yourself. Watch the game again. Um, skip through some, skip through all the defense, basically, uh, and just watch CJ Stroud cook because, man, that guy was. It was. It, here's here's one thing that I'll, I'll I'll talk about before we leave. Like, how many games this year did CJ Stroud have that you looked at and you were like, "Oh, that's a career day. That's a career day." Um, Purdue, I thought he was really good. You know, Michigan State, that first half was as good of a half as you you could expect to see from anybody. Um, and then obviously, um, obviously yesterday was awesome too. So it was great to see him bounce back from uh from from a tough game against Michigan. Again, like we said, like I don't think he played necessarily that bad against Michigan. He just couldn't stay up. Um, and maybe he's just a pinpoint passer. Um should we talk Ryan Day? Is there is there anything to talk about um, with Ryan Day? I don't think so. I think we can get out of here. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean... All, we'll all have all, plenty of time to talk Ryan Day in the coming weeks. Yeah, I mean, I'm assuming his job interview will be Monday <laughs> or something. Um, so hopefully we'll, uh, we'll, we'll talk again. Um, and for those of you who follow us, uh, follow along on Twitter. Uh, my Twitter is at John, J-A-W-N underscore Rothstein. And uh, Ezra is at at Cavs Buckeyes, um, and the official account is at is it at QB Draw or it's at QB, QB, QB Draw? Draw Podcast. Yeah, and yeah. Um, other than that, and if you want to read my uh, writing, which I'm gonna get around to writing about this game at some point, uh, that is uh, at uh, Buckeye Digest. I believe I don't even yeah. know my own handle. That's that's going to be a cool project. You guys got to keep an eye on that space. I'm recording um, this. For, I think I'm going to watch every CJ Stroud throw, um, and tr- and sort of a just do a general breakdown of what he looked like in this game because of how the YouTube it superstars are going to have a 
field day. Oh, yeah. Game, oh, I'm excited right? for like, the uh, Matt Buckeye guy upload with the Paul Keels call. Um, yes. I'm excited for that, as I always Yeah, am. get me. I want every, you know, breakdown. Um, Jackson, Smith, and Jigba, uh, all caps goes off. <laughs> um, 15 receptions. I want, like, the uh, instant classic game where they add in the very dramatic music. You know, I, I need yeah. all of it. Um, yeah, give me, the, give me every footage that you can find of this game i'll be watching it until uh probably halftime of the notre dame game yeah. next year um but yeah really exciting stuff um always good to chat and we will see you hopefully probably next we'll week i mean we're not really episode. on a hard schedule anymore but uh one a week seems good yeah I guess. we've got good vibes yeah and, and uh we'll do some crossover episodes as well and um yeah uh go bucks go bucks